Welcome to episode 25 of the Amen Corner. Episode 25! It's unbelievable! I'm Brad Rothschild. And I'm Stephen Cook. And it is unbelievable. <laughs> it is! I can't, I can't believe it! We are halfway to 50. Halfway to 50, man. It's just... Now, actually, I remember back at episode 11, I said we're starting to get into hard math. Now we're really getting into hard if math. If we were using Roman numerals right now, I'd be totally lost. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. Like the XXV. Oh, no, yeah, it's not, not so bad. Not, but not it's, bad. It's the Roman numerals get hard when you get up past 50. Like oh, Super Bowl God. L. <laughs> I, yeah. Super Bowl L1. You thought it was like kind of the Chinese Super Bowl? Super Bowl Lee? Yeah. <laughs> I remember Super Bowl XL. <laughs> Dude, episode 25, I have to say. I know, it's amazing that we've gotten here, but, uh, you know, time flies when you're having fun. Oh, my God. And if we uh, if we sound a little punchy, it's because... We're punchy. We're punchy, but uh, we just had Bobka from Zabar's. Uh, that's that good stuff. Yeah. You don't even need to infuse it with pot. No, but... We may was... sell it at, at, um, at High Holidays, our dispensary, <laughs> without the pot. Either that or it will be uh, served at the bar mitzvah. <laughs> the bar mitzvah. Can I get a cocktail of uh, Medeshevitz <laughs> no. spritzer and some vodka? Wait, I thought you said the only thing <laughs> sold at the bar mitzvah whiskey is whiskey sour. sour. <laughs> whiskey sour and vodka. You and, know. And gefilte fish. Speaking of, uh, speaking of bars, um, one, it always pisses me off when you go someplace and you want you want a Diet Coke and they say, oh, we only have Pepsi. Yeah. So um, we we got to talk about this Pepsi commercial. That Pepsi commercial <laughs> is the worst thing ever. But I wait, you, you, you drink soda? Every now and again, like if I'm having, I don't know, two slices of pizza, I can't have, you know, a bottle of spring water with two slices of pizza. It just doesn't work, right? I hear you, but I have to say... I mean, it's terrible for you. What I'm it does to your soda. insides. I'm off soda. And I, I have been for a while. I think I have a Diet Coke once every two weeks. That's not so bad. Yeah, it's not so bad That's at not all. bad. But I am totally off soda because I think it's evil. It, it's, it's, it's really evil. You know, I was listening to um, NPR this week. Shocking. I live in D.C. Yeah. And um, you're such a and, liberal. And well, such a liberal. <laughs> and they were talking about how diabetes used to be unheard of in Mexico. Uh-huh. And now it is the leading killer in Mexico. Aside from drug gang violence. What's the leading killer of Mexicans is like adult diabetes because people are drinking soda like crazy. Yeah, but don't people from the U.S. get Mexican Coke because it's got real sugar as opposed to the corn syrup that we use here in our Coke? You never, I don't know. You never heard about I, that? No, I mean, I, I absolutely believe it, but yeah. no, no, no. Well, it's like when you go, if you go on a tour of Coca-Cola in Atlanta, you can drink the Cokes around the world. Right. It does taste different in other places. Because they use sugar. Because they we use, use corn syrup. You know, Passover is coming up, <laughs> and there is kosher for Passover Coke that uses sugar and not corn syrup. Uh, really? Yes, and people will hoard it during the year oh, so Jesus that they can God. have... You know, it's really crazy when... Real sugar becomes healthier. <laughs> oh, this is much healthier because it doesn't have corn syrup in it. Like, oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. So that's uh, that's. Do you, the deal. do you keep Passover? You know, we have a we keep a semblance of Passover. 
Well, right. we're at home, we do. Michelle... Um, it's sort of like enforced Atkins. <laughs> it's enforced torture, is what it is. I mean, like, if you just, if you don't like matzah... Well, then, yeah, yeah just don't, like carbs. don't eat carbs. Don't like, eat carbs, you're good. You're good. You're, you're good. Yeah. Dr. But, Atkins, he was, what, like an Orthodox Jew? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm sure Atkins had Jewish blood somewhere, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but we, we do, uh, you know, our kitchen becomes kosher for Passover. Yeah. Michelle likes doing it. So. Well, I don't know what we're going to do with this babka we just ate. I guess you I'm going to eat the whole thing between now and, and Monday evening. Yeah. you got to oh, I'm all over it. Are you kidding? And the rugelach. Oh, yes. Yeah. Awesome. You know what we're having at, um, at Thanksgiving this year? I don't care about Elijah. We're actually... At Thanksgiving at, or at Passover? Did I say Thanksgiving? Yeah, Pass- because Elijah does not show up. No, he doesn't show up for Thanksgiving. No, for Passover... Yeah. We instead of I'm not that psyched about Elijah, but we're having a real live Egyptian at our Seder table this year. Really? You bet, dude. I want him to dress up like the Pharaoh. We're and gonna get like a Pharaoh like, hat. You can torture him. <laughs> and like, Ten plague time. Ten plague. And I believe and you can inflict all of them on him. And I believe that our guest, actual real live Egyptian at this year's Passover this table, is, is a firstborn. This is awesome. This is a first male born Egyptian. I don't know whether he's going to make it out of here alive. <laughs> we got a live. We have to like go to Facebook Live for the Seder at the Cook's House. Who is this Egyptian? It's none other than my trusty research assistant, Amrlita. Welcome to Seder, Amrlita. Rumor Amr, has it. Don't, don't do it. R- rumor <laughs> has it he's been practicing the four questions in Arabic. Wow. That would be awesome. Amr, I'm just going to give you one piece of advice. Have as much gefilte fish as you want. That's not my advice for you. <laughs> the Seder doesn't end well for the Egyptians, my <laughs> Run. Run away. Dude, no, Amr, it'll be fine. And you don't have to come as the pharaoh, but you have to deal with... Can you imagine him? Everybody's going to be polite about it but me. You realize that. Oh, of course. <laughs> He should dress up as Steve Martin doing the <laughs> King Tut. The King Tut. He's that's my what, favorite. Hunky, hunky Tut. That's what Born in should Babylonia, do. moved to Arizona, King Tut. I think we're definitely showing our age with this one. But if Amr would dress up as King Tut, I think it would be the hit of the Passover <laughs> season. Do you know the Egyptians, the Egyptian government, they, they get all bent out of shape that, you know, they don't get... Official Washington doesn't pay enough attention to them, and so on. I, I always say, you guys, Egypt is so popular in the United States. What little kid doesn't study mummies and become obsessed sure. with it? We all in the late eighties we were walking like Egyptians with the bangles. I still walk like an Egyptian. Yeah, yeah. King Tut was a was a was a an arch enemy of Batman during the the the. The TV show? Yeah. He had that beard and stuff. I mean, there's a lot of Egypt stuff in the United States, man. Egypt Steve Steve Martin's King Tut. The popular imagination of Americans. Absolutely. So it's we're welcoming with open arms our real live actual Egyptian at our great. Oh, it's gonna be awesome. The only way this could get any better is if you had a former slave. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) We were all slaves. Right, we, we were all slaves, so we do. We were, you know, our our we are descendants of slaves in the land of Egypt, and th- we're going to be eating the bread of affliction. 
My, my, it certainly is the bread of affliction. My father always read that part of the Seder. This is the bread of affliction. You know, that part of the Haggadah. Sure. And he would put on his, like, rabbi voice. Right? My sister knows exactly what, if she's listening right now, she knows it. This is the bread of affliction. I think you should do that. <laughs> no, I can't do it. I can't do I, it? I, no, I can't mimic that. You it was, can't? No. You just did. No, it's, it wasn't as good. But your sister's not going to be here. No, she's not going to be here. She's not going to be here. So she can't do it. Big shout out to Jules. Would she do it? No. Last year at her house, we had a great Seder. We had uh, Jeopardy. Really? Yeah. What is the Paschal Lamb, Alex? (laughs) What is the blood of the firstborn son? (laughs) No, can we just... Armor? (laughs) (laughs) No, can we get back to that Pepsi commercial? Yes, please. Sorry. Sorry. Because... I'm just upset, you know. No, I know. Passover is Pass, a big deal. Passover's big yeah. deal. Um, so back to the Pepsi commercial with the Kardashians. Which, can we just go back to Passover? Yeah. The reason why I like Passover so much, you don't have to go to synagogue. You don't have to sit there for hours on end, standing up, sitting down, standing up, sitting sure. down. Someone's going get to up, get up and give some bullshit sermon that's going to upset me. Lauren will be like, Lauren will be holding me down. Don't stand up and say, yeah, that's bullshit. So this is cool. Like I'm in control or we're in control of the whole thing, how it goes, how we want to do it. It's much, much better that way. We own it. We own it. Exactly. All right. All right. So now back to Pepsi and this horrible commercial where, is she a Kardashian or a Jenner or a Kardashian Jenner? You know, people were talking about it. It was such a busy week. There was so much going on in the world and it was only... I don't know, Friday afternoon, I clicked on this, and that's the weirdest commercial I've ever seen in my entire life, and there's some weird-ass commercials So let's, just in case there's somebody out there who has not seen the commercial, this is a Pepsi commercial where one of the Kardashian-Jenner... Whoever she is. uh, is, She's in a modeling shoot while there's a big protest that's going on around her. She somehow gets distracted enough from her shoot to join and, to join in, to, in the protest, takes a can of Pepsi, hands it to the police officer, and all peace, and pre, and peace, peace breaks, breaks out. out. And peace breaks out. What's with the guy playing the cello and he's sweating? The I whole mean, thing. And then there's my friend, like the my friend Jennifer was a, was a cell like a virtuoso cellist. Yeah. I don't remember her sweating like that. That was crazy. Yeah, you know, it's intense cello. It's, it's, it was very intense. Extreme, extreme what cello. were they protesting? I mean, it was it was the worst kind of commercial appropriation yeah. of social issues. That, it's so tough. And it wasn't out. it was wasn't even it was hardly well done. But the thing about this is this didn't just happen. There were hundreds of people involved in making this commercial. I know, no one said... decision to go forward with it, to greenlight the idea. Somebody had to come up with it, and somebody... And teams of people said, yeah, that's what we're doing. This is just tone deaf. It's completely tone deaf. And what... what, It's not... It's what are they... It's just playing off this resist... Right. Phenomenon that has emerged in this country, which is very important. And very of, real. And very and real. About real problems. And Black Lives Matter. Pepsi Cola. I know. Like, pep, if you just, you know what, maybe we should just, maybe they should just send a case of Pepsi to the White House and everything will be okay. Maybe if we just give Pepsi to the white cops who are 
killing African Americans for no reason. That's a great It'll idea. Be, it'll, everything will be fine. I was really angry at the protests until somebody gave me a ba- sugary, a sugary car- drink, carbonated and drink, and now... We're all brothers and sisters. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. There was that that op-ed in the in the Washington Post by um, the woman who actually is an editor of the of the Washington Post Global Outlook section. Um, she's African American. She was outraged yeah. by this, by the portrayal of African American. Uh, there's one African identifiable African American woman in the yes. in the in the commercial, and and. What's her name? Jenner? What, what, I think it's the Jenner. One of the, the Jenner Kardashian. The Jenner. The Jenner. Hands her wig to this woman. It's right. like the, she's just the house slave. Like throws the wig the way, out of And it doesn't say and, and of course, as, the, as we is, know yeah. from history and as the op-ed points out, African-American women have been at the forefront That's of right. protest and social critique in this country for a very, yeah. very long time. And they were critical to the civil rights movement. And then for this commercial to be dismissive dismissive, and commercializing protest, which is so intri- in, intimately associated with African-American women, because uh, whoever is disgusting. The, the people who created this, you talk about a bubble. Yeah. They're living in a bubble right. because they're all well-educated. They've all gone to great schools, right. I'm sure. Sure. They've all had, I don't want to use the word, you know, privilege, but they've all had re- probably, look, I'm not going to diminish any problems that people have had in their lives, but as a general statement, right. they probably had pretty decent lives and they did not have not encountered a lot of social protests beca- being on the end of, I need to protest this because my life is being impacted. But, but once again... It strikes me that how that it's exactly what you pointed out. How did the hundreds of people who were involved in the generation of this idea, the production of this commercial, not stop for a second and say, hold on, hold on, we are diminishing. Because it didn't occur to anybody because it's just not part of their world. Because they are trying to sell a product. And they're saying, what's of the moment right now? What's really happening? Okay, protest, well, protest, resistance, yes, we can yeah. We can sell Pepsi. And then you think back to that classic, iconic Coca-Cola commercial from the early 70s. You know, I'd like to, to teach the world, world to sing in perfect harmony. And that's a great commercial, one of the best commercials, most successful Didn't Don commercials Draper do that commercial? ever. Don Draper. Don Draper did it after that. going to that to ashram. ashram. Yeah. It's totally Don exactly. Draper. Exactly. Right. But that was, you know, in the history of advertising, that's probably in the top five commercials. So somebody said, it worked then. Why can't it right, work now? Right, right, right. But, but that, that wasn't was political. A, it wasn't political. It wasn't political. And it, it seemed this, that was an era of kumbaya, bringing right. people together. We are divided. We are pl- These are very, very serious issues. Not that there weren't serious issues in the 1970s, but it was a kind of different national zeitgeist. Of course, how old were you? Like 34 yeah, years old, but whatever. But it, it is... But nobody was trying to play off of a, of a protest. protest. It's like right. you said, they were trying to play off this feeling of community. Community. A and, global community. And in the early 70s, people were kind of trying to rediscover that That's by right. going to the ashram. By exactly. Lauren's, Lauren's aunt and uncle had a macrobiotic farm in the Right. So that's, <laughs> right. This like, is like on a mountaintop. That, right, right, people right. from all over the world are coming together and singing. And yeah, that's a nice commercial. Uh, the, it, that 
uh, evokes a lot of positive feelings. This evokes a lot of negative. Oh my God! I was I, I, jaw jaw dropping how awful it was. Yeah, it's, just terrible. Mind numbingly toned. But the, and but the other thing is that that really brought it home for me was this this op ed in the Washington Post, and I think that it's important to recognize this and emphasize this is that African American women have been silenced and disrespected and they have borne the brunt of a lot of violence, um, obviously discrimination, and they um, have tried to rise above over and over again and played this incredibly important role that remains largely untold and if it's been told outside the American consciousness about the role that African American women have played in, in civil rights and, and and other struggles. So, I, I think that it's kind of doubly offensive uh, the the Pepsi commercial and the way in which but, the one identifiable African American woman is treated is kind of like the house slave type thing. Yeah, but that's part of our history, right? American cultural history is appropriating African American cultures. White people are right. appropriating African American. Oh no, culture I mean, so like and making it ours. No, what I, I, I remember rock, rock and roll. Right. I mean, well, for example, my my junior year in college and and my my buddies Ben, Monty, and Todd, all African Americans dudes coming into the living room where I was in, in, the, in the townhouse that, and I had NWA turned up till 11 and they were like, were like dude no dude, they Just were like no. they're like alright Johnny Coltrane's okay NWA I was like no NWA's awesome dudes and whatever um, yeah yeah they're like no white man from Plainview Long Island <laughs> <laughs> this is not yours this is mine I'm a nightmare walking <laughs> psychopath I love that Colors. I felt so hard that when I. That was an NWA. No, it wasn't the NWA. Was I am a nightmare walking. That wasn't NWA though, but that, that was colors, great. Colors. Colors. Yeah. Wow, I can't remember who that is, but that's awesome too. Yeah. So yeah. I just I, it, the Pepsi commercial really. But rubbed. then, so rightly so, Pepsi took a lot of shit for and then it, they and they yanked it. they yanked it. Good. But you know what? You'll never be able to remove that stain. <laughs> no, no, and I, you know what? And I hate Pepsi. I, you know, if I'm at a yeah, place, I said, if I, if, if, I said, no, no. But if I'm at a place and I, I'm having my two slices of pizza, and I was like, "Hey, can I get a Diet Coke?" and they say only Pepsi, that's when I have the water. Really? Yeah, no, no, no Pepsi sucks. Not walk out. I have the pizza. You, you got to have the pizza. Cannot eat the pizza anyway. But what? So that was a big deal this week. There was another big deal this week, which is. Um, the bombing of Syria by the United States government. Yes. Which, um, you know, now that we're a couple days removed from the event, I don't know. I'm getting a bad feeling that this was all a PR stunt that cost us $78 million and actually did nothing because we let the Russians know about it beforehand and they let the Syrians know about it beforehand. So essentially we bombed, what was it, a... Uh, an airfield. An airfield that was operational less than 24 hours after the Yeah, flight. we didn't crater the runways. And, and so, the Syrians only have six operational air bases at this point. So um, it was really much ado about nothing, it sounds like. Well, you know, look, I, I, I think time will obviously tell on this one. Um, but as the days have gone on, it's clear that the president's strong stance about the use of 
b- uh, chemical weapons by by the Bashar al-Assad regime in in, in Syria um, has not the the actual military strike doesn't match the kind of rhetorical uh, the, the the statements coming out of the White House and the way in which both members of Congress as well as Social media basically applauded this. Um, you know, this was, it was very presidential. Right. And it demonstrated presidential. a lot of leadership. It's always presidential when we bomb the shit out of stuff. And I'm 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 willing to give the president some credit on and before don't jump all over me on the on the moral credibility level. But as people have pointed out, he responded to this because he was moved by these pictures of these, especially children who were yeah. killed in this horrific uh, chemical attack. But at the same time, he wants to keep them out of the country had right. they tried to come to the United States. So, and I mean, there's that, and then, but he's not moved by the plight of children whose parents have been deported from this country in recent weeks or because of his policies, or like the children that. who are going to be kicked off healthcare. That, so, I mean, that doesn't move him. I guess there are no pictures right. of it. So my sense is is that they felt be, politically that the president and his advisors felt they were, he had run so hard against Obama. Although when Obama was considering attacking the Syrians over previous use of chemical weapons, Trump was all over Twitter saying this is the stupid idea. As shouldn't were do it, many do people it. in many, Congress who actually have applauded what what happened. In Syria most this Republicans week. and a good number of Democrats wouldn't support the Obama administration so in 2013. Explain, how do you explain the same Republican politicians who in 2013 were adamantly opposed to Obama doing this, who are now applauding? Trump for doing it. Well, How do you explain that? I, I will Other tell you with one word. I don't need to hypocrisy. I don't, well, I don't need to. I don't need to guess. I spoke to a member of Congress, a Republican member of Congress, who said to me, straight up, um, you cannot expect the Republican Party to support the president if his own Democratic Party isn't going to support him. We're not going to war with a Democratic president if the Democratic Party isn't going to support the president. That was straight up. He said, that's just from my perspective, good that? politics. I absolutely buy it. I absolutely buy so it. So you're blaming Democrats for that? No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, is that it's, it goes directly to what you're saying, the hypocrisy. It's basically the same situation, but the Republicans don't want to give a Democratic president any support under any circumstances. This is why we have crumbling infrastructure in this country. The Republicans don't want to appropriate money for infrastructure until they control all three branches of Congress and then can claim credit for it. Yeah. So now that a Republican president has unloosed 59 Tomahawk missiles on the Syrians for as a result of uh, their use of, of sarin gas, everybody is applauding this as the you know the the presidential thing to do. The the leader you know he's he's coming into his own as a leader. Oh. I, think, I hate that narrative. And what's happened is, essentially, this is now uh, the Syrians and the Russians testing Trump. So now they know they can kill as many people as they want using conventional munitions, right. which is what they've been doing for the past six years. And they know precisely where the president lies. I think the idea that the you, our, UN, our representative to the UN, Nikki Haley, is talking about now it's time for regime change. Uh, I, I think they haven't even considered the kinds of military force necessary in order for that to happen. There is no negotiated we, solution to this problem. We never learn our lessons when it comes to the Middle East. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. look, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not. 
Well, for the most part, <laughs> just kidding. No, seriously, compared to the average American, know, Egyptian, for example. <laughs> no, no, I don't want to hear about it. How Middle Easterners are conspiracy theorists. They have all these crazy Americans, Breitbart right. news, Newsmax, okay. all these places. Right. Compared to Ameri- the, compared to other people, in general, I'm not a big conspiracy theorist, but this looks pretty fishy. We have a president whose popularity is cratering. Yep. Who is coming, you know, news reports are coming out all the time about improper connections between people close to the president and Russia. What, and other governments, too. Well, yeah. I'm talking about Russia specifically. So what better way to look like you're not Russia's poodle right. than to have a I'm small sure. attack right. against Russia's client? I, it, when, But again... You know, throw that out and say, like, that's nonsense until you start to hear that they told the Russians. No, no, no. I, I, think it's, I think it's I think it's a very it's a very good point. And I don't necessarily disagree that there was politi- domestic political benefit for the president by taking this action. Now, I haven't seen any polls. Did he get a public in terms I'm of public sure opinion? Did he get any? But he certainly is one. He certainly won Twitter. And the talking heads on TV and the Sunday morning news programs. Yeah. There's the got to be a boost because everybody loves when you blow something else up <laughs> overseas because it shows how tough and strong you are. I tell you who really doesn't like it is his core constituency. That alt-right freaking uh, out. Yeah. He's a globalist, globalist. Cl- globalist cuck in the, in the thrall of z- zinions. Which are Zionist minions. Zinions? <laughs> zinions. I are just learned zinions? that the other day. Are we, would you and I be considered zinions? <laughs> no, we, are, we, we would be considered zinions, but I'm not sure we really are zinions. No, I mean, not, cert- <laughs> certainly I'm not one of BB's zinions, it, that's for sure. You know, it's funny, too, because that these guys go directly to that, that, you know, the Jews are behind this. I can't. Jared Kushner. But I can't, I can't identify a, a neoconservative in the, in the entire administration. Yeah. I mean, and if you and if you identify Jared Kushner as a neoconservative, one, you're a moron. The guy doesn't have a track record. He's never he spoken in public. He doesn't he have an ideology. No. And you don't know what his neoconservative is. It, it is essentially what it's been used for as code for Jew. Um, right. But Jewy Jew. Jewy Jew. So I think the the problem that going back to serious thing, the problem that the Trump administration now has is. Now that it's done something in Syria, there's going to be an expectation and political pressure to do more. And what they are going to find, even though, you know, General Dunford and Secretary Mattis and National Security Advisor H.R. McMaster are different people than from the Obama administration, that the same problems, the same dilemmas, the same disincentives for taking stronger action in Syria are there that... The Obama people confronted, and if you really want to affect regime change in Syria, you're probably going to have to march an army on Damascus, something that I don't think anybody in this country wants to do. Well, we did that in Iraq. (laughs) Look how well that turned out. One word, quagmire. Yeah. Quagmire. We are now mired in Iraq. We're mired in Syria. Well, we potentially get mired in Syria if we continue down this road. We have, you know what, it's like uh, Thomas Friedman said many years ago. (laughs) And again, we shouldn't be we shouldn't be overquoting him. But oh, he God. said something very true: if you break it, you bought it. Uh, yeah, and we broke it. And you know what? We're not willing to own do, it. Do so. you know that? Do you know that Thomas Friedman has ruined every bar mitzvah 
and wedding that I've ever gone to. Really? Why? Because someone at these events uh, will find out what I do and talk to and it come up and what what is the one book on the Middle East that every yeah. Jew in the United States has read? From Beirut to Jerusalem, yeah. and someone will sidle up to me. I read that book. <laughs> you're you're a Jew in America. Will sidle up to me and say, "What is What do you What do you think of from Beirut to Jerusalem?" And I'm like, "Oh, you gotta be you're kidding!" Like when I read it 35 but years ago, I thought it was pretty. I, good. You know what I tell him? I didn't think it was very good. Oh, really? I, he's a great storyteller, but the the underlying argument just didn't hold up. Look, he that got, bums people out. He got Iraq wrong. He's yeah. He gets the Middle East wrong quite frequently. I mean, I love the style of asking the Beirut cab driver <laughs> what his opinion is about stuff to really get to know what people think. But you know what? It's time for a new approach. I um, I spent some time with him. I know you have. I spent some time with him in, in Istanbul, one of the first nights of the Gezi Park protests. Yeah. And watching him. He's a, first of all, he's a, he's a lovely guy. He's very, very nice. Um, and He's uh, a nice Jewish boy from Minnesota. He's a nice Jewish boy from Minnesota. And, you know, we were attached at the hip for a couple hours during the Gezi Park protests yeah. in June 2013 in, in Istanbul. It was pretty interesting. Nice guy. Nice guy. Nice guy. Anyway, well, I think this puts episode 25 in the can. Yeah, what's on tap for the rest of the day, though? Oh, God. I'm going to do something that you have never done. You have never, ever done. I, I'm going to have so much more fun than you. I'm going to go to Home Depot, uh-huh. and I'm going to buy a huge thing of Roundup. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm that gonna be weeding. I know what Home Depot is, but I don't know what Roundup is. I'm, I'm spending the rest of the day weeding, and what are you doing? I'm going to the Yankee game. <laughs> but, but, in all fairness, <sighs> when you said, Whoa. when you said, I'm going to be weeding today, why don't you, why don't you help me? <laughs> I didn't realize that you meant like going into pulling, the yard pulling and pulling weeds, weeds. I thought weeding was something else. So one of my buddies is skiing in Winter Park, and the other one is going to the Yankee game. At Camden Yard. At Camden Yard's one of the best ballparks in Major League Baseball, and I'm going to be pulling crap out of my flower beds. Man. Get your weed on. <laughs> I'm getting my weed on. Exactly. All right. So with that, I wish all of our listeners a happy Passover. Happy Passover. And uh, happy Easter coming up as well. Absolutely. All right. We're out. So that's it for episode 25. 25. We're out.